Hello, hello, and welcome to Podcast Dark Elevation, the only wrestling podcast that gets a deep look into the world of wrestling completely through the lens of AEW's YouTube wrestling shows. I am your host, Dirk Elevation, and oh boy, do we have an episode to talk about today. We've got, um, you know what? There's there's a lot of things happening. I'm just going to go right into it. What do I want? What could I possibly talk about up top that, if it matters, it will be covered in this card that we're covering? Because we had some matches for certain this week. I like to uh, sort of I'm, – I'm, I'm trying to not overhype this week. I think it was probably okay. I also sometimes don't remember how I really felt about – an episode on the whole until I go through the matches while doing this podcast. So this will be a learning experience for all of us. We'll all go through this and find out how I truly feel about this week's episode. But we started off with Bear Bronson defeating Brandon Cutler in two minutes and 20 seconds. Hey, Bear Country, both of them appeared on the same Long Island tapings uh, and one won and one lost, but very interesting to have them both. Appear. I know they're New York guys. I don't. I think they're from. They say they're from Bear Mountain, which I don't think is real. Some. It sounds like an upstate New York place. They seem like upstate New York guys. They could be Long Island guys. I don't. I don't want to put Long Islanders in a box. They can be many different types, whether they be MJFs or John Silvers or Chris Statlanders or there's probably some other ones that I can't think about right now. Oh, uh, is Max Caster? Max Caster is also a Long Island guy. The Creator Wrestler Academy is out there. They do really good jobs of making wrestlers. So I don't want to say anything, but Bear Country does seem like an upstate New York gimmick. If you tell me where if you, there's no mountains on Long Island, so Bear Mountain's got to be upstate. This is not a geography podcast, though, but I do. But it is interesting to be using Bear Country like this. It does feel like they had a little bit of momentum when they first appeared way back, way back when in the pandemic days. They were an interesting uh, tag team to see on those two-hour episodes of Dark. They've kind of cooled down as the tag team division has moved around. There's been a lot of growth in it. There's, I think, it's a, it's still a very strong division, arguably. The strongest division in AEW. So sometimes some people who look legit are going to have to lose. And for Bear Country, that's been them quite a bit. I don't. I I can't say that I was a. If I'm ranking all of the matches from last week's Rampage, Sean Spears versus Bear Boulder certainly would be four fourth out of four. I, tw- I know I tweeted that there were four really good matches on Rampage for those following me on Twitter, and I just remembered, like, oh, I may- afterwards I remembered that I had seen that match, too, and be like, ah, oh, maybe I maybe oversold how good that Rampage was, but it wasn't a bad one. But we have Bear Boulder, who, unlike his, unlike his teammate, gets to go over against Brandon Cutler, the little, the little goofball that he is. This was not very long. It was fine. Brandon Cutler... Still pretty funny to me. Brody King defeats Alex Reynolds in a minute and 46 seconds. Hey, we're getting some Brody King. Some solo work from him. I like it. That is good. 
I still don't know how the Dark Order fits into, because it did look like for a second that the House of Black and the Dark Order were going to feud, and then they, they got back on track and back to the Death Triangle versus House of Black storyline, and then also Varsity Bonds are still kind of in this. So we've got what seems like it should be a very straightforward Death Triangle versus House of Black storyline that is utilizing two other... I would say they're both stables because they both have three or more people. They're they're utilizing two other stables or factions in this storyline, maybe not as adequately as as because you 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 just know that the two that are going to end up looking good out of this will be Death Triangle and House of Black. But it's good to see Brody King getting some solo some some singles work. I I I've said it before that I would like to see. Him, him, getting in in some more some more matches. I I I I would like to watch something like maybe a maybe somewhere down the road we see like Brody Brody King versus versus Pac or something like that. I can't say for certain where where they're going with 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 if they're going to have Death Triangle fight House of Black in singles matches. But poor Alex Reynolds, one of the commentators. I can't remember if it was if it was Tall Paul or, or Mark Henry, one of them referred to uh, Alex Reynolds as one of the better members of the Dark Order, one of the top members of the Dark Order. And I like Alex Reynolds quite a bit. I think he has a lot of upside. And we we all know that that's not... We we, we have a good idea of how, how the Dark Order goes in numbers. And he's probably second to last in terms of how protected he is. So the, that... That may be a little bit of a fib, but Brody King looking very strong, defeating Alex Alex Reynolds. Then um, we move on to Anna Jay and Yuka Sakazaki defeating Emi Sakura and Nyla Rose with Vicky Guerrero in three minutes and 32 seconds. And it seems like at this point, not only is Tony Khan aware of my podcast, but he is committed to keeping this running gag going with me where you get some kind of anybody who Anna Jay has nobody who can stand her for more than one week. So they just cycle through tagging with her and it feels like they're always facing Nyla Rose and Emi Sakura. I, I know that's not true, but it really feels like, like Anna Jay has a low cute, low key long feud with those two just based on the number of times I would have to go back and look. And as we know, there's no research done on this podcast. I would have to go back and look and see how many times that's been the opponent, but it's certainly been a lot. Yuka Sakazaki, not, not only is this a waste of Anna Jay, which it's been for weeks now to, to just keep doing this and not build it towards anything. But on top of that, you have Emmy, you have Yuka Sakazaki, I don't know how long they have her for. I don't know how many weeks she's going to be competing in AEW in in the United States. But surely you could have done something else with her. Surely it would have been a better use of time to just have, I don't know, Emi Sakura, Sakura versus Yuka Sakazaki. Or Nyla Rose. Just, just having a singles match where she can show off would be probably a better a better use. I don't know what... 
you know, give 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 us give us a, a feud between Nyla and and Yuka. I, it seems like they might be going in that direction because uh, Nyla was very disrespectful to to Yuka as she was throwing her out of the ring, and uh, that that could that could lead to something. I hope it does. I hope they utilize Yuka. I hope they utilize Nyla. Nyla is one of these people that we've talked about who, because she's not in the the Owen Hart tournament, that's that's going to be. I I hope. I hope we get some more shuffling around and more two women episodes of Dynamite. But as we know the way things work to be right now, that really feels like all that we're going to get for the women of AEW is going to be Owen Hart matches for a while. So somebody like Nyla, who didn't even have a qualifier, which to be fair, she was busy with Thunder Rosa. What is she going to do now? What, what do you, what is she just supposed to, Sit it out and wait for the Owen to be over before don't or nothing. No, she should be she should be engaging in a feud with somebody like Yuka Sakazaki. I think that would be fun. And you know, Nyla's going to lose that one, unfortunately. But it's it's something to be happening. And I I do like Nyla and Annie working together. And if that's the case, if they are that tag team, they just don't need Vicky. They don't need Vicky. Because just because not only because Nyla can talk just fine and Vicky is, is not some master of the stick that that needs to needs to be used to hype somebody up, but also Nyla is very strong and Emmy is very experienced. And I just don't believe that facing Anna Jay and Yuka Sakazaki, they need somebody to be doing little, you know, sort of pulling the leg moves and, and stuff like that. There were there were there were a few moments in this in this match where they tried there where there was supposed to be some shenanigans and it just didn't choreograph correctly and I just don't think you need it for these for these ones because they're just so good and all of the stuff that was happening that was non shenanigan related ended up really looking really good so that's that's all that's all there is to say about that one really the, the I I still commend the work that they're all doing, even if it's all for 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 not much in terms of moving their uh, their stories. But please, let's get this Anna J storyline. Give her give her a storyline. Give her something we can sink her teeth into instead of a rotating cast of tag team tag teams that she doesn't even stay with the same partner the whole time. We had an eight man tag. The Acclaimed and the Gun Club defeat Bryce Donovan, GKM, Lucas Chase, and Zach Clayton. We've seen Zach Clayton around. Bryce Donovan, I've seen. He's part of the Shook Crew, who are uh, our regulars in the Worcester area. By the way, Taz putting over Worcester. Really good. Really good thing to do to over during on Dark. Uh, Worcester, Worcester's, I, I think Worcester will be really hot for AEW. So anyway, the uh, I I can just talk about Worcester for the rest of this podcast. Anyway, they they win. It w- it was all right. Uh, Austin Gunn actually was very funny in terms of how he didn't like the Ass Boys chant. He tried to do the one I say Gun, you say Club. I do I do think that Austin Austin Gunn is growing on me. Colton Gunn could be good. I don't. I don't have much of an opinion on him, but but Austin Gunn is is starting to come find his own, 
and I'm happy for him. Good for him. We had the Dark Order, Uno and Ten, defeat Eric James and VSK. Uno and Ten, as I've called them, the binary Dark Order. It's, it's a very good joke. Don't think about it too much. Don't worry about it too much. It's a very good joke, and I will continue to tell it. But they they beat Eric James and VSK in 2 minutes and 30 seconds. Somebody on commentary said that this is the first time Uno and Ten have been a tag team. They were a tag team last week on the pre-taped dark, so I don't know how the timing winds up. Maybe that could have been true at the time when that was recorded, but it is certainly not true now. It was not a great night for commentary. Like I said, I think I think Big Show does better when when he has to stay serious. When you put Tony Schiavone there, he he feels like he can goof off and and he, and it makes it for worse. Anthony Agogo, I don't care. Oh my goodness, he adds nothing to that commentary table. I know you don't know what to do with him right now. The thing to do with him is not put him on commentary. Just he he he's not an experienced guy. He's very British, and I'm on the record hating the British. Nothing personal. One of the only followers of, of this podcast's Twitter account is a British pro wrestling company. They they followed me this week, and I want to give a shout out to them. But I'm sorry. The British are are very ugly, and I don't like their... Uh, Anthony Agogo is not. That's that's to be sure. But I, I will hate on the British whenever whenever possible and i don't think that they add anything to the commentary especially if it's anthony agogo who i still think could become something but not a commentator on an already crowded dark elevation commentary team mercedes martinez defeats trish adora in five minutes and 32 seconds this was fun and the crowd was surprisingly hot for it i thought the crowd was really into this. They did a pretty good job of, they did like intros and every everything to, to make everything seem like this is an important match. I don't mind the ROH women's title being defended on Dark at this point. We get the pure one on the next show. It doesn't have a show right now. Why not? I think, I think that's fine. And, and, it, and you're helping to build Mercedes Martinez as, as a champ. Trisha Dora, Get, get my girl some wins. She did get an entrance, even if that entrance was to the generic AEW dark music. So I don't, I don't think that, that that's the, the best way to do it. I, you, you could have at least given her a graphic or something. I would have liked to see when they did the, the extended intros to, the, to them. It would have been nice to call her the Afropunk, because I think the Afropunk is a great nickname. But good enough match. Not not too long, long enough for them to get their stuff in, long enough for Trisha Dora to look like a legitimate threat, and I hope that they continue to give her looks in AEW and ROH. I like, but I I like what I saw there, and huh, this is an interesting one because we saw this tag team match on regular Dark, but it was definitely filmed at Dark Elevation, so. Just leave, We'll just do this chronologically and how I have it on Cage Match, because the strange thing happened on Dark, where you had the whole episode of Dark, the episode of Dark concluded with a main event that was an ROH pure match for the, for the, for the title, that was, you know, a, a longer, longish match, and then 
out of nowhere, there's a complete change. And like, by the way, we have one bonus match, and it's a match from Long Island. So what happened there? I don't know. But I don't have time to worry about that because I'm too busy defending these good young fellas, Keith Lee and Swerve Scott, uh, or Swerve Strickland. I'm, 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 that's, that one's gonna take me a while to get used to. I'm, I'm defending them because people are, keep saying, oh, oh, look at them, they're on dark now. Yeah, you know what? And they had a great match on dark, and the crowd loved it, and the crowd was, wanted more, more, more. How do you like me? How do you like me? They like Swerve and Lee quite a bit. They were chanting for them when Keith Lee threw Serpentico. Holy moly, that was great. That was a, that was, the, the, the crowd ate this up. They loved every second of it. I loved it watching it at home. Who cares if it didn't make TV? We all know it's there. We all know how the crowd liked it. We all know that when Keith Lee and Swerve Strickland are on TV again, the next time that they're on there, the crowd will act accordingly because they they acted that way for a dark match. They're not going to now get confused. Oh, oh, I don't know if I like these guys because they were on dark last week. So I don't, I don't know. I don't know if I'm still as high on. No, that's not how anybody thinks. I I don't want to be the person who's just constantly defending dark and being on dark and dark elevation. But come on. This is not a serious question. There, if, if you think if you think that Keith Lee and Swerve, I and Shane Swerve Strickland, is that Shane Strickland? Swerve. I'm just gonna keep calling him Swerve because that's what I remember. If you think that Keith Lee and Swerve were hurt at all or demoted by doing this match, non televised match later put on YouTube. To a hot Long Island crowd, you are a fool. You are either unserious or a complete fool. And that's that. That is that for the episode of Dark Elevation. Then we move on to Dark number one hundred and forty-three. Part of those previous tapings that last week's Dark was also part of. We start off with Max Caster defeating Ty- Tyler Uriah. Which is a very funny name to think, imagine being said in a Boston accent, Tyler Uriah. It's, uh, it's okay. I, I, I don't, it's, it's not a name I hate the most. It's also not a great one. But Max Caster, not his best rap. I thought it was fine. He, he, like, the, the, the raps are rarely as good on Dark because they're all pre, pre-taped. So he'll, like, say, so, first of all, he probably has to come up with multiple ones in the same weekend. And also, like, he just makes references, like, to oh, Mike Tyson punching the guy on a plane. I'm like, oh, yeah, I do kind of remember that that happened a few weeks ago. Many other things have happened since then that have, that have very much been much higher in my mind than that. But, goodness, um, it was fine. I, I, it, it was fun to have him when he when he said, "Oh, who wants to do the Bowen's part?" and had had a fan do the Bowen's part. That was that was pretty good. Um, 
I don't remember much of the match, if I'm being honest. But that that part was fun. Marina Shafir defeats Lena Lennox in three minutes. Wow. I wonder if this is just, like, poorly counted, or if both Marina Shafir and Max Kester were very precise. They were told to get three minutes, and they did it in exactly that, because cage matches them both at three minutes flat. Is that what it always does? Oh, my gosh. Am I just realizing this now, that everything is everything is counted to the nearest 30 seconds on here? I'll have to double-check, but everything here is either three minutes or, or is, is either on a three or a 30. That can't be, that can't be right. Marina Shafir, the, the look is coming together, I think, just coming out in the Moldova sweatshirt, the, the, it's not my favorite piece of classical music that she comes out to. I wonder if, what that piece is. I wonder if that's an original Mikey Ruckus or if that's something that, that they, they lifted because there, there is a long-standing history of, if, whether it's uh, Brian Danielson using Ride of the Valkyries or uh, uh, Gunther using Beethoven's Sixth Symphony, I think is the one that he uses. Uh, that one, that's a really good one, which I don't believe he uses the beginning of. I think he uses somewhere in the middle that that makes it sound good. The uh, the Macho Man using pomp and circumstances was always very strange to me because that's a graduation song, but it certainly has always worked, always worked for the crowd. Because who's not going to love Macho Man? Uh, but I think it's coming together. I did not think that was the best submission move to end on. It just looked a little busy. I think if I want to believe that she's like a really good. Submission specialist, I think she should have like a some sort of like simple arm bar or leg lock or something like that that just you can't get out of. The the thing with the head scissors and the arm is just it's it's a little it's a little hat on a hat in in terms of because there's there's not many new submission holds. Everything is sort of a modified version of something else. So I would I would prefer Marina Shafir just stick to something and keep it classic. But it is certainly coming together. Lena Lennox, I have no thoughts on. Not, none whatsoever. We've probably seen her before. And and I probably also did not remember that one. But, hey, keep it, keep it up. Keep it going. Bear Country. Hey, they're back. Defeat the Workhorsemen, Anthony Henry and J.D. Drake. I think it's fun that they've, that they've just made the Workhorsemen into a thing. I think Anthony Henry is. I think that's cool that he's just just by being JD Drake's buddy, he's gone from sort of an enhancement talent to an enhancement talent tag team, but one that gets an intro, one that people like. I thought that I don't know how Anthony Henry started bleeding from his chest in this match, but it happened. I thought I thought they had they. This was some good good fighting. These are all strong guys. Anthony Henry. Not a small guy, but certainly looked small in the ring with these other three hosses. I thought that I thought this was a fun match. I it, if I was going to say what is worth checking out, it is one of the longer matches. It, it is well, it's the third long. It's the third longest match on this elevation. So they they certainly both got their stuff in. I think it's the type of match that a crowd in Orlando is going to get behind because it's just a lot of heavy hitting. You don't need to know too much about these guys. 
there there's a lot of dynamic movement i i enjoyed bear country defeating the worst horsemen and i do think bears will beat horses in almost every maybe not i don't know horses can kick pretty good but i a lot of this comes down to does do, do does the horse know it's fighting the bear because if the horse knows that it is fighting the bear then i think it could probably utilize some kicks but if it if they're just sort of putting a ring together and the horse is just trying to evade eventually they're going to get eventually it's not going to turn out well we have emmy sakura defeating Dev, Devlin Macabre, which is a little bit of a marbly mouth name. I do like Macabre as a last name, but Devlin, Devlin Macabre loses to Emi Sakura in three minutes and 30 seconds. Again, I don't know what, what it does seem like they're, they're not letting Emi Sakura job to everybody. She's winning some matches against enhancement talent, so they're keeping her up for a reason. Maybe maybe she's just sort of this platonic ideal that you can you can tell how you feel about an enhancement talent depending on how what type of match they have with Emi Sakura. That that's makes the most more sense than any other thing I have in, in my head. I I still think I would like to see her have a QT Marshall esque training kayfabe training team but she i mean they she sort of had that in the past with maesuga and lulu pencil and hopefully hopefully we get more of those hopefully we get more stuff like that give get, get the get them over here come on you got a forbidden door coming on you can't you can't tell me you can't put together emi sakura maesuga and lulu pencil as this, as the 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 Joshi Training Academy, and and or the it's just Chaka Pro. Is that her? I think she's Chaka Pro. I think that's what she runs. So you don't think you can have the Ch- team Chaka Pro up against um, team uh, Ruby Soho? Give give Ruby Soho a team of of. Uh, <sighs> I mean, now I'm leaning into Ruby Soho, Sky Blue, and and Anna Jay as that team, which I even though I've maligned that not being a very good storyline team, I think you could make them a, a good storyline team just but just by saying these are these are Ruby's friends and Ruby is a is a veteran who has helped these girls out in the locker room in a way that Emmy is a veteran who has just been a menace. Something like that is a storyline that could, that could be a, if, if, if that's not a forbidden door match, I don't know what is. I don't know what you're going to do with the women. If you're not doing something like that at forbidden door. And I think, uh, I mean, it is important to not turn this into a Japan versus USA thing in the forbidden door. I mean, Emi Sakura is extremely AEW at this point, but she also has Chaka Pro, so you can you can use that as a sort of Forbidden Door esque thing, even if it's not quite that. AFO and Helico and Jorah Joel defeat 
Anthony Katana and Baron Black in four minutes and 30 seconds. This was fine. I, Angelico and Jura Joel is, is something of a useful tag team. It, it, you're, you're getting more out of them than you were getting out of them as singles competitors. They are sort of on the back burner of the Andrade family order. So having them together, you know, Jack Evans is gone now, so TH2 is over, at least in AEW. George Ole and Angelico, it, it, they, they, that's a good team. Anthony Katana and Baron Black. Baron Black, now Owen 49 in AEW. <laughs> I'm, I'm rooting for you. I'm, I'm rooting for you to not hit 50, Baron. I hope, I hope. Kayfabe-wise, why doesn't he just challenge Serpentico or something like that? Why don't you just, why don't you just put a challenge out there to to Danhausen lost pretty pretty decidedly this week. Challenge Danhausen. He's always on TV. If you have a match with Danhausen, you will be on TV, and you you if last week says anything, have a good chance of winning. So, Baron Black, put out a challenge for somebody you can beat. Get get to one in forty nine. We will, we're all rooting for you. And Kadena, another one who he like. I think those are both good guys for the for the Universal crowd. I I just assume the Universal crowd is a lot of just sunburn people looking for somewhere to go to get inside for a few hours while they're going around Universal. I I assume it's a much casualer audience. So if I was a casual, as much as a casual exists, as much as a casual is a tipsy person who's sun sunburned and walking through Universal Studios who wants to get inside for a few hours, that type of casual, I think you would look at Anthony Katina and Baron Black and think, oh, those guys are legit. I think that they might actually have a shot. Maybe the fact that they don't have entrances doesn't help that, but... I think I think those guys could be liked by a by a, by a by a, a, a an audience that doesn't know a lot. So I would I would be happy to see Anthony Katina again. I I don't know if we've seen him before. We've definitely seen Martin Black before. Then we had Trent Beretta defeating Ryan Nemeth in three minutes and thirty seconds. Ryan Nemeth continues to be one of my favorite enhancement talents. He get he gets a lot of people over. He he looks like an asshole. He looks like somebody you want to lose. Trent coming out all serious after this goofball comes out in this big big jacket. Which again, this crowd is so hot that they're just somebody wearing a jacket like that is just real heel work to, to act like that. To wear such impractical clothing. The crowd will the crowd will be mad. But that one ended with Pretty Peter coming out and stomping on Ryan Nemeth. Oh, oh, I'm sorry, stomping on Trent Beretta. This was only a three minute and thirty seconds match. I did not believe that 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 Trent was so exhausted from this win that Pretty Peter would actually be able to pull a fast one on him like that. But he did, and I'm I'm willing to buy it because it allowed for. Rocky Romero to come out, and I like Rapongi Vice, and 
more Rapongi Vice is good, I think I think Rapongi Vice has a good chance of being a, a a player in the Forbidden Door. Maybe I don't know. Maybe Rapongi Vice turns on the other best friends, and we have Cassidy and Taylor versus Rapongi Vice. I don't. I also think there's a lot of money in the best friends and and their friendship, so I don't think that they would do that. But maybe they would do a friendly. Can't say for certain, but Rapongi Vice getting getting some momentum leading up to Forbidden Doors probably a good idea. Sky Blue defeats Amber Nova in three minutes and thirty seconds. Guess what, everybody? I've said it before, and I'll say it again. I may not have said it in this context, but but I'm going to wedge together two points I have made in the past. But I like Amber Nova more than I like Sky Blue, even though Amber Nova is the enhancement talent. I've had trouble with her ring attire, Amber Nova's ring attire in the past. I thought it was much better today. It did not look like she was wearing a swimsuit today. I still think that if you want to be a mechanic, you should be in some sort of fake denim Daisy Dukes or, or something like that. That that would be a better costume for for a somebody who's trying to do a mechanic gimmick. But I do think she works. She's mean. Sky Sky Blue cut a promo at the end that felt very uninspired. Honestly, Amber Nova talking to the crowd and saying, is this just, is she, a, is she 12 years old? I'm getting a real opponent. That was better mic work. And she didn't even have a mic in her hand. I thought it was better mic work than, than sky blue. And I, 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 I do, this is a nice podcast. I do feel bad being critical on this show. I, I don't want to do that, but I just don't, I think that Sky Blue is so young, as Amber Nova pointed to, and has so much potential and could be very much something to AEW and wrestling. But I don't think it's there yet, and I don't think it needs as much time as as she's been given. I I really... Like the other, the other young person you can compare Sky Blue to is Julia Hart, and Julia Hart just by being a cheerleader and being in the Varsity Blondes has way more going for her. That's this is before we even get into the eye patch stuff and all of the, all of the the lore the that she that she is being dragged into. Even before that, I just think they probably have similar wrestling skills at this point. Sky Blue might be better than Julia Hart, but they're just both young and have a lot of potential, and Sky Blue just, I'm not going to care about her without a storyline, because they're much more interesting and more more developed characters than, than Sky Blue is right now, and yeah, so I think, including Amber Nova, if I'm being if I'm being perfectly honest, as much as I think that Amber Nova has not committed wholly to the mechanic gimmick, I think that Amber Nova displays more character than Sky Blue. I think I think she does, and so 
I want to make this less about Sky Blue and more about how I do think Amber Nova is somebody that would be worth signing for AEW. I think, I I think, and I, and they keep bringing her back. So hopefully they understand. I didn't, I didn't catch what her, her record is. It's, it's not good. She doesn't win, but she's got to have had at least upwards of five matches. Now they, they bring people, I mean, maybe she has a place in ROH. I mean, Willow did not win for a very long time. Willow Nightingale was putting up losses until very recently and actually is honestly still putting up losses, but she didn't win versions recently, but she's part of this build for the, for the new ROH. Amber Nova could be a top heel or, or at least one of the important heels in ROH. And yeah, that's, that's what I have to say about that. I we're we're can, we're still on the Amber Nova train here. Alex Coughlin, Clark Connors, Carl Fredericks, Kevin Knight, Yuya Yuya Umora defeat Blake Lee, Brick Aldridge, and the Factory. Aaron Solo, Nick Camarado, and QT Marshall. Now, technically, those other two guys are part of the Factory, even though it is listed as otherwise here on Cage Match. I I. Do not see enough of Blakely to think anything like that. Brick Aldridge, first of all, I think is a good name, and I think also can be good. I think that he's he's uh, he, he's got a good size, and and there was one move that didn't go. He like did like a top rope cutter or something like that, and I I didn't think he, he didn't get all of that one, as as some might say, but. He he did he did have a good look. I think he would be a, a I if 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 I saw I, and I'm not gonna say anything bad about Blakely because if I if I see all of these guys together and they they're all coming out as the factory on AEW in the future, it won't it won't surprise me even for a second. They did lose to to the LA Dojo because they beat the LA Dojo last week and then we're and then we're being you know, kind of jerks about it. So then the they did a whole big five on five here. There were just simply too many people on on either side of this eight man for for me to. Uh, wait, this is a this is not an eight man. This is a this is a ten man. Why are you lying to me, cage match? Cage match. Sometimes cage match is a liar. So I think Carl Frederick stood out. I think. Yuya Umura, who I've already seen, is clearly one of the one of the favorites for the LA Dojo. I saw one of them last week, and I can't tell you who I saw. But just a lot of competent wrestling between many people. And when QT Marshall is the person in the ring that I feel like I know the most about, and there's ten people in the ring, that does not bode well for how how recognizable any of these people are to me but now they're out there i've seen them i forget who people are all the time because i don't take good notes i don't take any notes but if we're being realistic here just getting on tv is something you're getting somewhere with it you're doing something and then finally we have wheeler yuda 
Oh, and just one one other thing. Uh, I don't understand why why the factory was in the face corner, especially if especially if you want the LA Dojo to go over in this one. The LA Dojo should be in the in the face corner. I I'm not. I mean, I'm, I guess you saw a lot of QT just like hanging around and not doing much, but that, it 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 all it. I was pleasantly surprised when LA Dojo won, but it didn't feel like they had a chance from the beginning because they were not in the face face corner. Wheeler Yuta defeats Josh Woods in 12 minutes and 30 seconds. This was fine. This was fun. I don't think the pure championship is a great one to do on dark. Again, these are tourists or just very, very, uh, emphatic Floridians who want to make the most of their being Floridian and, and go to universal a lot. It's hot. It's probably very sweaty. They're just trying to avoid the outside. It's, they probably have been on like six roller coasters today. They're at least half of them have gotten brain damage from one of those roller coasters. They, they've been eating, I don't even know what kind of slop they probably feed you in Universal Studios, Universal Orlando, Florida. What what is the name of the theme park? Is the theme park also called Universal Studios, or is that just the studios that are there that are called that? They're at the Universal theme park. They're 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 not here for a extremely high work rate technical wrestling experience. That is not what they're, that, that's not going to be their, their cup of tea as much as I think it's interesting. But with a hotter crowd, this would have been more fun and more interesting. I, I, I don't think pure rules are my favorite types of matches, but there's certainly something there. And, and these two are certainly both very strong competitors. I hope that Wheeler Yuta is doing well in the Battle of Super Juniors. Uh, and then the only other note, again, these are all mental notes. I don't take notes. Notes are, notes are for people who, who want to re- pretend like they remember more about what they watched than they really did. But my, my note that I think is interesting is that we've now seen, we saw the women's and the pure titles both on Dark this week. And we have seen a lot of Samoa Joe with the TV title. And we have not seen very much at all of, of, oh, and then of course we've seen FTR with the tag team titles. We have not seen very much at all of Jonathan Gresham. We saw the one Gresham match at, at Battle of the Belts that was not really built very much, even though I think they did quite a good job with it. And I think Dalton Castle cut a very good promo before it. We did not see very much of that Big, what's supposed to be the big title. So what's going on there? Very interesting. Very peculiar. And let's see where they, where they go with that. Could the Joker that Adam Cole faces, no, Adam Cole is not facing Bull, but could the Joker that Samoa Joe face be Jonathan Gresham? He would be surprising because we have not seen very much of him. But probably not. He already has a title. And he should be protected, and it would be kind of useless to have him versus Joe. I still think that 
it's probably going to be Cesaro or maybe maybe Miro. I think Johnny Gargano's money is still in going back to WWE, so I don't think it's going to be him. And I think it's going to be Maki Ito on the women's side. Those are just my predictions. I think we're going to have a lot of fun tonight either way. And I hope we see Jonathan Gresham again soon. Not as the Joker, but unless he wants to do some sort of a, a Joker type of character. If, he, if, if Jonathan Gresham wants to commit to being the Joker, that would be bad, but it would be funny. And with that, I will leave you. I hope you enjoy Dynamite and Rampage. We're going to have some fun next week after all of this has concluded, and we will not need to do as much speculation, but I, I expect a fun night tonight from AEW, and I hope you're having just as much fun as I am. Be sure to like and review this podcast. Do whatever you're supposed to do. Follow me on, on Twitter at Dark Elevation. I am your host, Dirk Elevation. Ta-ta for now. Thank you.